Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. One more day of practice before Buffalo is off to Montreal this afternoon. Will it be snowier there than here? I guess that doesn't really matter in the big picture, but Marty, I am wondering if today of all days is a day where I start introducing random thoughts. Like I proposed <laughs> to you the other day. We should, we sh- that should be a, a, a new staple of uh, January, 2024 for the show. Random thoughts with Brian Duff. You know what? I'll tell you this. So last night I was doing some TSN work and Jamie McLennan that we just saw in Ottawa the other day, noodles, noodles as Ottawa facts with noodles. So there's a segment that no. he comes up with. So, Funny enough, yesterday, because it was the very first game in the PWHL for the Ottawa franchise and the Montreal franchise, which by the way, by the way, Haley Skimura with the first goal of the game, the first goal for the Ottawa franchise. How many wins does she have? Well, they lost, yes, but they were. It was a really good game. I'm kidding. But, I'm kidding. It's just great so, to have it up and going, and people, you know, mentioning it all the time. Like it's really, that? really good. It's gaining traction. The road traction. team is it. two and zero. Oh. Road team is two and zero oh in two games. Ro- road because... teams were eight and five in the NHL last night. So <laughs> yes. Stop telling me but about home ice advantage. Ottawa facts with noodles was basically like. Did you know that in 1990, the very first women's world hockey championship was held at the Civic Center in Ottawa, and they showed highlights of it, and then they showed highlights of the Montreal Ottawa game, and basically mm-hmm. saying, you know, how Ottawa's played a big. Uh, factor in women's hockey and developing yeah. the brand and everything. So, it, but it was, they had a nice graphic. It had, you know, that Ottawa like sign downtown that has the big letters. And yes. so, and then in the O day was a young Jimmy McLennan with the mullet and the big hair, basically. From his uh, Lethbridge days? Yes, from his Lethbridge days. So, <laughs> Ottawa facts with noodles. So, random facts with Brian Duff. We should have a big graphic for that too. Well, Pierre Maguire used to have a segment on Ottawa radio back in the day that was called Pierre knows everything. And (laughs) it was amazing. They could literally, and I'm assuming a fair amount of it was scripted, but nonetheless, it came across incredibly well on morning radio in Canada's capital. But here we are uh, far removed from the capital. Although in hindsight, Marty, what was the scheduler thinking? Like what? What are you doing going to Ottawa, coming home, and now I'm going to go back to Montreal? Like, it's just, I get it. There's a million factors in all of this, but this is, 
This is the type of week the Sabres wouldn't want to have to repeat from a uh, from a travel and customs standpoint. No, not only that. Like Ottawa played on New Year's Eve and then traveled on the first to play last night in Vancouver, right? Did like they though? Like, well, no, they didn't play. They didn't show up. Well, they did for the last 40 minutes. Score effect. The, score effect to a certain extent. Uh, bad luck to another certain extent too. I mean, some of the goals... Um, that, uh, you know, the Vancouver Canucks scored were bouncing pucks everywhere, uh, which leads me to, I see this, this guy as a, um, um, I don't know who he is. I, I think it's Jim or something. He usually puts out like some tweets about these guys are due, right? Like, Hey, listen, these guys oh, are yeah. due. They're going to score. So it's two guys yesterday were JT Miller and Matthew Kachuk. These guys are due. And he basically said, hey, JT Miller hasn't scored in nine games, but look at his expected goals, his shot from the slot or whatever. The goal that JT Miller scored, he had no idea he even scored it. It was a point shot that he it went off his stick, not knowing, went off of uh, Jake Sanderson and into the net. So he scores. And then how about Matthew Kachuk getting the goal yesterday? He touched a puck in the crease Mm -hmm. and... The it was an own goal, and the NHL actually labeled it as an own goal. The defenseman shot it into his own net. Mm. So the two guys that were due yesterday to score goals ended up scoring, but without them really knowing. So did they? Did did these guys actually score goals if they really didn't know they had scored? That's a question too. Uh, how about Sam Reinhardt's goal? Beauty, beauty deflection. Oh my goodness, that was something else. Uh and with Vancouver, it, like JT Miller didn't really slow down. Like, okay, maybe the goals, but yeah. like the, the 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 points are still coming. Uh, the brutal final goal allowed by Corpusallo after Forsberg started. You sooner with two last night, but yes, yeah. brutal. It. But here's the thing: we're going to see Vancouver in short order a week from this uh, Saturday. And all they do is continue to score. Yes. And some nights cleaner than others, but I'm actually surprised that their power play is not higher. It's like ninth right now. And as we sit here on an almost daily basis talking about Buffalo's power play, Mm -hmm. do teams that are going through a drought, like I'm not... I have to be careful asking you this, Marty, because I'm going to assume you didn't sit in on most of the power play meetings, but maybe you did, like just to watch how they defend, how you defend, right? But like, I get excited when Vancouver has a power play. Like, I I watch their instinctive plays over and over and over. And every time I look at all the guys that are touching the puck, I go, the Sabres have these guys. They have these exact same type of players. And I, I just... So I'm curious as to whether you rely solely on coaching and your own abilities to get out of situations like this, or because we hear this all the time, copycat world, like do teams sit down and look at video clips from other teams that are humming on the power play? I will say this, um, very rarely do you have a power play meeting where you look at other teams' power plays, Mm -hmm. Uh, but 
players that pay attention to what's happening around the league. Like Middlestat, for instance. Like Casey Middlestat. Like, right, you walk it. I was in charge of the TV in the locker room. Don't put me in charge of the music. Everybody yelled at me when I would put like a burned CD or a mixed tape in the, the thing. They're like, Marty, get this music off. It's terrible. But I was in charge of the TV and I always would put NHL Network and put the highlight shows or TSN in the morning. So I loved that in the team we would discuss, hey, did you see that goal? Did you see that power play goal? Did you see the setup, right? Mm -hmm. But so the power play meetings, very rarely do you look at other teams' power play. You look at you. What can mm -hmm. we do? How can we beat the penalty kill? Now, what I really loved, and, and I wish that the power play guys would sit on the penalty kill meeting. Because now you're seeing every other team's power play. You play the Montreal Canadiens, you're seeing their power play and what they do on the power play. Mm -hmm. You play the Boston Bruins, you see the Boston Bruins power play. And you can tell what they're good at and what they're not good at and what works for them. So you would learn a lot more. And often the same guys that are on the power play kill penalties and they can learn that way. But so last night, did you see the four-on-three overtime goal by the Colorado Avalanche? What yes. am I kidding? You definitely saw the goal. Nathan <laughs> McKinnon, one-timer, right? So yeah, the shot attempts we were uh, over 90 for Colorado and under 40 for the Islanders. It was quite a night, and yet there the Islanders were somehow using two goalies and getting a point out of a game a on the road. <laughs> but how about this? How often have we talked about the five-on-three or the four-on-three for the Buffalo Sabres and yeah. their inabilities to create, to mm -hmm. get a good shot? I watched Colorado on the four-on-three last night. They're mm -hmm. not moving. They are staying in their position. There's a guy at the top. There's McKinnon and one-timer. He's not moving. So if I'm like the Sabres and I'm trying to get Tate Thompson to score on a power play, I said, hey, let's, let's take a look at Nathan McKinnon's four-on-three goal last night. Look at how he's not moving. He's not backing out of the shooting area. Like he's not starting at the dot. And by the time he's shooting, he's 10 feet outside of the dot. He's staying where he needs to be. And to me, that's the big thing. That's how Nathan McKinnon, we're showing it right now on MSG, but look at McKinnon, how he's not moving. He's staying in the same spot. And when he shoots, he's inside the house. He's not outside the house, yes. right? Yeah. So that's what you have to do when, when teams are struggling to a certain extent. And it's a lot of work, but go and find clips of the players that are the best at it mm -hmm. and show them to do, your players. Now, it may be insulting at times to say, hey, let's take a look at Nathan McKinnon. Let's take a look at Austin Matthews. Let's take a look at Connor McDavid because mm -hmm. you're like, well, I, they're different players, whatnot. But, but that's a good way to illustrate what could work as opposed to always show somebody his own clips. Mm -hmm. And at times when you keep showing somebody his own clips, it's like, eh, I lived it. I was there. I know. But mm -hmm. I I watched McKinnon last night. First thing I thought is that would be clipped. Me, I would clip that and show my power play guys and show Tage Thompson. You don't have to move on the power play. You just have to move the puck, stay in your position, and wait for the opening. And 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 it works. Did you happen to see the burst within that game by Nachushkin? Yes. When he went through three converging Islanders and he literally like, I wouldn't say they bounced off of him, but none of them had an impact enough to slow him down, even though it looked like substantial contact. It's like convergence. Oh, he still got the puck and he almost made a deep move at the end to put it in. And I was just like, this is why when you watch Colorado, and even if he's going through a rut, 
you'll you'll hear references to Big Val, Big Val, and just you know he is one of the most uh, impactful big men in the game, and I yep. say that because like Josh Anderson just got hurt. Montreal's next on the docket for Buffalo, but I feel like that's kind of what Anderson never really got to, right? That consistency where he could be shift after shift, a disruptor, Power a finisher. Yeah. Like, so it's funny, right? Cause everybody's a little different and Nachushkin's had his downs in his career, but boy, oh boy, like it, it has been such a good fit there for him. Well, in and, Colorado, and look, right? we're, no. we're talking about Colorado. They're fourth in the NHL right now with 51. They're actually second. They're a point by in Boston, right? But they're tied for second. You got Boston, who's sitting in one at 52 points. And then you got the Rangers, the Canucks, and the Colorado Avalanche. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, why are we comparing Colorado to Buffalo? But oh, I not. look at... I'm well, not. no, but I am. I'm like, look at, let's look at Colorado. Let's look at their power play. Let's look at Nachushkin. Maybe Nachushkin, the way that he's playing could be like how Alex Tuck would be like a big power forward. That's just bulldozing through everybody. And we've seen Alex Tuck do that. And I think Alex Tuck is that guy. Right. But why I like to look at other teams sometimes and draw a comparison is that Colorado has given up a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. Colorado is not getting great goaltending right now. Colorado is 20th. In goals, uh, in expected goals against. Mm-hmm. I talked about the Sabres being 29th. They actually, without playing last night, they moved up to 27th mm-hmm. because a couple of teams moved by, uh, below them. But yeah. I'm looking at Colorado. They're not top 10 defensive team. They're not, right? No. Their goaltenders are not top 10 goaltenders right now. They're well, not. <laughs> uh, well. I laughed when you said goaltenders. The, the, well, they're really, one. they're really, yeah. really, really, really leaning on Georgiev. And yes, again, as we spoke of either yesterday or very recently, it was yesterday because we went heavy on goaltending and, and how Georgiev's name had been mentioned for so long before he was ultimately traded. And he was traded for next to nothing in the grand scheme of things, as far as just a bunch of draft picks, if you will. But he was also traded out of conference. The Rangers ideally didn't really want to Yes. Dump them into the Eastern Conference. So it was yet another circumstance that wouldn't have been a favorable opportunity for Buffalo, right? The price would have been higher, whatever. And maybe it would have been worth it. Georgiev won 40 games last year, which was insane. And he might do it again this year because he's playing yeah. so much. But I agree with you. Like, there are so many nights right now where I I have a little bit of worry for him, you know? Um, but that being said... If you look at his recent run here, he's one, two, three, four, five, six, one and one in his last yeah. eight. He's had three tough ones, but he's had about four really good ones in there too. So it's just, I Gary think. Gives the only goalie at 20 wins this year, but yeah. he's an 898 save percentage. So right. is but, he good? Like, yes. Or is the team but he's in probably front of him, t- He's probably tired. <laughs> he's probably tired, which... I don't know. I can't measure that in the stats and whatever. <laughs> just play the game. Uh, but at the same time, is Colorado just playing their identity to find a way to overcome defensively? They're not great. That's what it is. Yes. Yes. And guess where Buffalo ranks offensively? You don't even need to reiterate that. We talked about it yesterday. But the question is, and Razor will join at the bottom and I was uh, yep. of the hour, and I was going to kind of prompt him with this too. But like, if we're going to continue using Colorado and Vancouver as two of the examples, like what what's missing here from Buffalo? Because both those teams that we just mentioned, 
Vancouver less so. They've been on, on a pretty good heater almost the entire year. But, like, what's missing? Like, how do you snap back to that? Like, I think what's maybe a little It's easy not, for me. It, I think what's maybe a little surprising to me, and I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing, because you don't want to wallow when times are tough. You don't want to have self-doubt. You don't want to openly project your disappointment and failure. Yeah. You want to use it as momentum. But I do think I'm a little bit surprised at how Buffalo players this year have kept saying, we're good enough. We're good enough. We're good enough. We know we can do this. We know we can do this. We know we can do this. Like, so negativity has not crept in, in the outward, you know, appearances publicly in front of the media, whatever, right? Which is probably a good thing. But at some point, they have to not only say it, they have to do it, right? Like, this is the obvious statement of the day. And you, and, and for you, you just said, it's easy. What's missing? It's easy for me. It's the power play. And we've yeah. talked about the power play. The difference between Colorado, Vancouver, and Buffalo, they, they give up. All three teams give up a lot. Now, Vancouver has Thatcher Demko, who arguably could be the best goaltender in the league. I think he is. Connor Hellebuck's making a push for it right now. But Colorado doesn't have the same type of goaltending. They're still winning. I look at Colorado. They have 35 power play goals this year. I look at Vancouver. They have 31. Buffalo sits at 14. Give Buffalo 20 more power play goals or 17 more power play goals. Yeah. Okay. In wow. 38 games. That that puts you back to an even. If you look, they're minus 21 right now in goals differential. You give them 20 goals, they're even. If you're even, you are just right there on the on the playoff bubble, right? And instead of be sitting where you're sitting, you would be sitting in maybe where New Jersey is at with 40 points. And it's only six points, but you'd be two points back. If you get 12 more power play goals, you're mm -hmm. sitting at least six points better in the standings. And you're probably. Yeah. You're probably two, three points away from a playoff spot. That to me is the difference. It's the power play. And mm -hmm. we've talked about it. And I was I was almost frustrated last night watching, you know, Elias Pettersson on the power play on the right side. He's a left-handed shot, getting a one-timer, and it goes in. And he's barely moving. And wow. then I, I it, it made me and think. And that of, was part of the route in the first period. And he was almost sheepish for scoring the goal. He was sheepish <laughs> for scoring the goal. I, I went off the defenseman and it beat Corpusello and made it five nothing. You're like, ah, crap. But it made me think of so I'm looking at, at Pedersen not moving, staying in his little area, one timer goal. It made me think of Ovechkin for years. Steven Stamkos yesterday, the first goal of the game between Tampa and Winnipeg. Stamkos got a one-timer, missed the net. It went around. It came back to him. He didn't even move. He stay, His feet were stuck in cement. He didn't even move. He basically said, I'm staying here, guys. You feed me the one-timer and I'll score. And boom, he scored the first goal. Tampa ends up losing. But I'm looking at because Winnipeg never loses. Pedersen's is... goal. I'm looking at Stemko's goal. I'm looking at McKinnon's goal. All power play goals. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, like, like th these are all the things that the Sabres were doing on the power play at the start of the 22-23 season. And it's disappeared when we flipped to the 23 year, calendar year. Yeah. And now that it's in 2024, is it going to come back? But mm -hmm. I'm looking at three examples of how you don't have to move and and it's working. And I'm like, the power play, that's all it is. Get the power play going and then everything else may fall into place.
Colorado's won three in a row. McKinnon ended it last night in overtime. Winnipeg is 7-0-2 in their last nine, which has matched a franchise record for a point streak, but they're 11-1-2 in the last 14. And the bigger picture with the Winnipeg scene is to go beyond what you were talking about and what the Sabres need and what other good teams have done is sometimes it's an obvious combination of things. And so the Jets have had pretty balanced scoring despite missing their top goal scorer. And they've gone 26 straight games, allowing yeah. three goals or fewer. Yep. So if that's not an understanding and a confidence every night, like, eh, we got this, like, we're going to be good enough to do this. And they were, they, you know, they fell behind. There was no nothing, right? Like they were just, they're so methodical. They're so good. You're still so afraid to talk about them. Connor Hellebuck has not given up. <laughs> More than two goals in regulation mm -hmm. since November the 14th. Yeah. He's but given again, up two or less in regulation every single game. He gave up one game. How is he still a game. jet, right? Like, like this is exactly the thing. Like, how many of these teams here are benefiting from trades they didn't make? Uh, you know, how, it's just, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's something like Edmonton's on another run, right? Like McDavid, five points last night, 900 in his career. 18 and, and three when scoring four or more for the Oilers. And, and they've won six in a row. And I laughed at a graphic that popped up during the broadcast, which was top Canadian born netminders this season in goals against. And Carter Hart and Stuart Skinner were on the short list. And it's like, I know, of course they are. And, and all Philly has been is maligned for their goaltending for five years, if not 50 since Bernie Perrant. And, <laughs> and Edmonton is Edmonton. And all we talk about seemingly is might they still go out and do something else in goal? So I don't know, man, like it's just. It's but the problem is, is what has been maddening is all these teams, like the Oilers, for example, right? Terrible mm -hmm. start. They make a coaching change. I get it. But it's the players that started playing the way that we know they were going to play. It's mm -hmm. Hyman scoring on the side of the net. It's McDavid taking over, right? It's Evan Bouchard taking over on the power play. It's So, okay, you can say they made a few changes when Chris Knobloch came in. He adjusted. He put Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the top line on the wing instead of in the middle. On the like, okay. Mm -hmm. But the players, and McDavid was hurt early in the season. So well, that really did not do Jay Woodcroft any favors, right? Like McDavid right. at 70% is not McDavid at 100%. But you see the players playing and figuring it out, right? Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Um, you know, like the Florida Panthers, like the players, right? Like yep. Magic Kachuk's not playing well, but look at Barkov, look at Reinhardt, look at uh, Evan Rodriguez, Carter Verhage, like Verhage, it just goes, yes, yeah. And you look and you're like, it's the players, right? And and to me, so we go back to, you know, the whole chicken and the egg thing. But at the end, for me, it's like, okay, you can show so much video on power play and do this, but the players have to execute. They have to do it. They have to be watching and seeing what other teams are doing, or even paying attention and and executing it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, Florida's won five in a row. They've only given up nine goals in the five games. Bobrovsky has been just ultra consistent. It's been a treat to watch. Um, but their forwards, and again, it ties in with the goals against that I just mentioned. They've been so responsible defensively here. You, you go through a long list of their forwards. I mean, Sam Reinhardt is just one example. Obviously, Barkov is the greatest example, but Erod is not far behind. 
Yeah. Like their five on five goal disparity among their top forwards. It is stunning. And, you know, Barkov obviously is, is trending towards almost a slam dunk Selkie, the, the way he's been playing this year. Um, but if you were to have said this 12 months ago, that the Panthers would be really cooking and Matthew Kachuk's only at six goals yeah. after being the MVP of that team, I think a lot of people would have doubted how they could have got there. But the point is they didn't mess around. They made a ton of depth moves to make sure that they were going to be okay on the blue line before they got fully healthy. And they've been fortunate that Bobrovsky clearly got, uh, I don't know whether, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he, he, after a really tough end to the regular season last year, he found it and he's continued to have it since what mid first round of the playoffs last year. Well, I mean, yes, goaltending will kind of, uh, mask a lot of issues Mm -hmm. that you have. Um, so who should play tomorrow in your opinion, Levi or Lukanen? Uh, it would be Devin's first in Montreal, of course. That would, yeah. He just played in Ottawa, which is close enough, right? And played where close to where he played junior hockey and everything. Um, I would, I would probably go back with Lucan, and then only because right now I feel that, you know, just like everybody, I think that you know Devin came back from Rochester and had a really good burst, right? Like he was looking really good, and of late he's had moments where. He's looked like he's scrambling a little bit again, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, let's take a minute here. Let's breathe. Let's reset. And then let's move forward. I do think that the Sabres need to kind of maybe look at this and build the next two weeks. With, maybe you say, okay, let's look at Lucan in the next two weeks and say, let's give him four out of six. Right. Mm-hmm. And then after two weeks, we'll be a Valerie. And then maybe that will be Levi getting four out of six. Like, let's build something so that we have a little consistency because right now we're doing this exercise and I can guarantee you the coaching staff is doing the same exercise. Who do we play Thursday? And then who do we play Saturday? And then who like, it's almost like a who is always the question. So maybe if going about it with the next two weeks and say, Hey, we're going to have a plan for the next two weeks and we're not going away from it. I don't mm-hmm. care if Lucan and loses 10 one to the Montreal Canadian, we are going to stick to the plan for two weeks because we have to build stability and test it out. And that may be the, uh, the approach I would go with Lucan and tomorrow against the Montreal Canadians. How would you describe Eric Robinson, the person after we had him on Sabres live, not too long ago? I think he's a really, really nice person. And yeah. the reason why, because he was great on Sabres Live. Uh, and when I was waiting in line at the airport in Ottawa, going through customs and everything, um, shoes off, belt off, like jacket off uh, as they're going through your bags and everything. I got to talk with Eric Robinson and we were talking about fighting in junior hockey and, uh, you know, things like that. And, um, we were talking about Philly cause Sammy asked me where I was living when I was in Philadelphia. And then we were talking about the flyers and, and then the North American league team there. I know a kid that plays there and we were talking about a lot of different things, but I really enjoy my conversation with Eric Robinson. Nice, well-spoken guy. I thought mm-hmm. he was great. Self-deprecating, uh, is now the term I would use. So last night yes. it was, it was he and Devin Levi and myself, for a season ticket member event uh, over at KeyBank. And 
let's just say their life experiences in hockey have been very different, right? Oh. Based on the fact that even though Devin was a seventh rounder and not expected to star at World Junior, there's been more attention paid, right? But honestly, it was they were the perfect foil for one another. Um, Eric just never missed an opportunity to cut himself down. <laughs> like one of the questions was, what's it like when you first, you know, see someone wearing your jersey? And Devin goes off on this tangent and Eric goes, I'm still waiting. <laughs> and then he goes, does my dad count? <laughs> and, oh my gosh. You know, yes. like, and, and just, and honestly, Devin is, is so gifted and, and in, in the level of comfort he has, he would, he would run with it last night for two to three to four minutes at a time, mm-hmm. telling stories with energy up to here. Right. It was it was super impressive. And one youngster, you know, just he asked a question, just he wanted to know how old they were. And uh, you know, Devin says 22, Eric says 28. I asked the kid how old he is, he was 10. And then I look at the guys and I'm like, what's the difference being biggest difference between being 22 and 28 in the NHL? And Devin instantly asked me in six years. <laughs> and and then and then Eric goes. I wasn't in the NHL at 22. Oh, yes. (laughs) But it's just like they were really, it was really good in just the sense of how they complemented each other. And look, I think big picture, that's all you can hope for is just, you know, playing for one another, feeling good around one another, and somehow getting on this streak, which, again, we will see if it can start tomorrow for Buffalo in Montreal. Lots of home games coming up. A really important one on Wednesday, January 17th. The Blackhawks are in town, but Marty, you'll recall last year how well-received this event was, and it was a mental health um, awareness night, a conversation for all pregame panel discussion with founder of Same Here, that's Eric Cusson, followed by the Sabres and Hawks game, and you can get involved in it by going to sabres.com slash here to get your tickets and learn more razor on the other side as we continue sabers live t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 